Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the wealth within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcast globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. This episode is a recording of our live YouTube weekly stock market show. Every Tuesday night, Dale and Janine stream live on YouTube from 7 to 8pm to answer your most burning questions, as well as analyse stock for our viewers. To watch the show, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the stock market show under the Learning Centre. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Good evening and welcome to the Australian Stock Market Show. And what an interesting week it was with AMP up over 10% while Afterpay and Appen fell, both fell, actually over 20%. What will unfold in the Australian market this week? Hmm. Well, that's what we're here to help you with and to understand. I hope you're ready for an in-depth and thought-provoking discussion as we answer your questions. And our topic for tonight is, when should you sell? Three strategies to make more money. We will also look at the stocks that you've asked us to share your thoughts on, share our thoughts on rather. Tonight we'll cover ANZ, ASX, AGL, and it's great to see banks in there as well as a big miner. We'll also give you our thoughts on FMG, Oil Search and NEA, that's near maps, and a few more stocks to delight. So hello, I'm Janine Cox, your host for this evening, and joining me tonight is my co-host, Dale Gillam, and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Hello, Dale. How are you? I'm super fantastic, but I might get better later. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> Do I need to get the shared swear jar out tonight? The share jar? No, no, no. When I swear, you won't pick it up anyway. I didn't last time, but no, I swear I'm really... With my, I know sign language, so I swear with my hands. Really? Yes, yeah, so if I raise two fingers, you'll know what I'm doing. <laughs> awesome. Hey, we've gone out of summer, and I just found out it was the coolest summer we've had in 19 years. No well, look, it may not be over moment. yet. They're saying summer's over, okay, according to the calendar, but mm-hmm. perhaps March will be nice and warm for well, us this I year. I hope so. I'd like to swim a bit more because <laughs> I hardly swim this year at all. Yeah, <laughs> it's just true. too cold. So true. I've missed mm. you. You haven't been here the last couple of Mondays. What have you been doing on me? You've um, been moonlighting somewhere. You're not supposed to tell people that. I'm mm. a free agent. I can just have a bit of time off occasionally, can't I? Well, you're not even here next Monday. <laughs> it's a public holiday. Goodness, he's a hard taskmaster, isn't he? And I'm going to take over at this point. No, you're not. Keep going. (laughs) Cool. Remember, this is your show, not Janine. So if you do have a burning question for us, don't just sit there. Do something so we can answer it for you. And this means you do need to send an in an email or better still upload a 30-second video of yourself to Dropbox and then send us the Dropbox link. Now, remember to send all of your questions to info at wealthwithin.com.au and type Wealth Within Live in the subject line. Now, as always, we're here to support you. And so we think it's only fair that you support us. And that means hitting that subscribe button. So come on now, you can do it. It really does feel good hitting that subscribe button. And as I promised, we will always give you our preference to those subscribers for their questions. And uh, simply because you're the awesome people who support our show week in after week. Now, feel free to join in the conversation, subscribe to the show and support us by sending us your question. 
Moving on, it is the first Tuesday in the month and this means that we look at the Australian market. So let's get into the charts right now, shall we? Well, you can look what at is the a, What is a Dropbox? Dropbox. Dropbox. Oh, you didn't say that, though. I know. My mouth hasn't been working for You're a couple a of days. You're a bit tongue-tied. I know. I we better get to, down to business here. So what you can see there on the chart, we've got uh, the monthly chart of the All Ordinaries Index. Now, we know that each week you probably tune into Dale's market report and he talks about the, the market from a shorter-term perspective and looking at the weekly chart. Mm -hmm. So I thought what we do today is bring up a bigger picture perspective and look at what the market's been doing over time on the monthly. Okay, so to help people on a small screen that can't see some of those numbers, how long is that, that, that chart? Well, this goes right back to the 80s. So the market obviously... So when you were born. <laughs> the market was running... <laughs> the market was running obviously um, well before before this, but this is when we actually started um, officially plotting um, the, the All Ordinaries Index. So you can see there, there was a big run up at the start of the chart there. I'll just get my pointer, otherwise I'll get into trouble for not pointing. I'm just an imaginary pointer. <laughs> you know, when I'm at a live presentation, I go crazy with that pointer. Have you ever seen a presenter that really, you know, gets off on putting that little red dot on the screen? That's no, me. No, you drive cats crazy with those white laser pointers. <laughs> However, um, yes, I've been a bit lax when it comes to pointing. So you've probably been hearing me talk about things and then I'm not pointing. So this is why we're looking at this um, September 87. Gee, that was an interesting time. So you can see there a big ramp up in the market across uh, well above the angle of the overall trend that then followed after that. So you can see over time the market's really swung above and below the angle of that line, coming back to that line always as if it's sort of some comfort for the market. And it wasn't until this period here, and I remember um, consumer price, the mm -hmm. consumer price index had just taken off like a rocket during that time. So you know, the cost of living had gone up significantly. Wages were going up, everything was going up. And so the market pushed higher. And, you know, we haven't seen anything like that since 80, you know, before the 87 crash. There just hasn't been anything. And we're seeing spits and starts, you know, on our market since 2009. We've seen a number of months where the market's risen, mm. but then it's gone sideways for a lengthy period and then fallen away. And we saw that again pre uh, COVID and until we got this big flush out. So I, I'm thinking that we could be back into some sort of more normal um, on our market over time rather than, than that choppiness mm. that we saw uh, from the 2009 low, which was really cyclical, mind you, because the market is cyclical. And I guess that's what this chart really demonstrates. How well, no, I don't know if you, from mm. my mind, this 87 thing looks very similar to this sort of thing. And then right through here, when you're getting into that sort of late 2000s, when we've got um, the Asia crisis, everything was all around this sort of angle where the grey line is. Yeah. And we've done it again through here. Now, a lot of people think, wow, that's huge compared to that. But if we take that back. In time, it was huge. If we take it? that back, that's massive <laughs> mm. when you're looking at the 87 crash. And that was around about 50% fall. Um, yep. And of the market itself, and this was a roughly about a 50% fall as well of the market from its all-time high. So if you take that six, eight, seven, three and a half, you get pretty close to where that low is there. But it is interesting about how the market unfolds. And I, I really think it's, I won't say it's a sin that people don't look at this, but I'm just mm. saying, why don't people look at these more? Because, well, they're not trained to. Mm. Because most people read um, what 
the, the masses read, which is, you know, this stock's gone up. They look at a chart and they might look at it on their broking website. I'm not going to name any names, but look at it on their broking website. They can only see daily charts or defaults to daily charts, and that's where they start. Yeah, I was looking at a, 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 every now and again I do some downloads of their demo, all different demo mm. platforms to have a look at what's out there. And I was looking at one the other day, you open up and it's daily charts and mm -hmm. it was just CRAP. Yeah. The whole the software first, was The first terrible. thing that you should do is just um, set the time frame to as much data as they'll possibly allow you to mm -hmm. view and then have a look at the stock over that time frame to really get a good mm -hmm. feel like we're doing here on the monthly chart for how that stock or market is unfolding and that's going to give you a bigger um, picture perspective on what might happen in future. Okay, so every week they get my opinion on a Monday, so mm. they're sick of my opinion, and mine's more sort of short term, one week to one month to eight weeks. Yeah. What are you thinking? Look, I think our market is, like we said in a recent discussion mm. that we had with the Australian market, uh, likely to overtake the US market, I think that our market is bullish longer term. And that's my perspective on yep. it. Of course, we're going to have cycles within that. So there will be ups and downs as we move um, higher. But I'm expecting our market to move higher over time. Mm. So overall, mm. more medium term bullish. Yep. Um, shorter term, I'm thinking we're going to come I down. think the angle of this line mm. is going to change over time yep. slightly. It does. Like, you know, you can see that if I was drawn this line back in history, you know, we're only looking at 2003, which is this period here, the angle of that line would have been different on the chart. Yep. Yeah. So it's gradually getting steeper over time. And I think it will continue to get steeper as we get through the 7,000 point mark and yeah. we head higher. I've done mm. it a few times on my Monday reports where I've just drawn the angle of the current move and then moved it back mm. in history and show people how angles repeat so but yep. but let's move on anyway but well if they yeah. if they learn do the diploma oh. and then go on to do the advanced course they'll learn all sorts of things about pattern analysis and how uh, markets and stocks unfold and what could be happening in oh. more detail well that's the secret stuff isn't it <laughs> all right that's our take for the australian market so we need to get into our first question tonight and it's from owen hi owen he says hi dale and janine sorry no videos i'm at work however would you be able to discuss the pros and cons of free carrying a stock once it hits 100 percent profit in an upcoming show now i know this goes against the advice or rules presented in your book but thought it might be an interesting concept to help take the emotion out of trading if if you're lucky enough to get 100% for a long-term position. Um, the percentage doesn't really matter, does it? No. I'm not sure. I, I don't know. Have you ever heard of what he's talking about, free carrying a position? I've done, I don't even know the term. I know I'm sometimes, not sure. I know I some know. people pull up terms and they go this, and I go, where did you hear that from? And it somebody, could just mean the fact that he's well in profit. Yeah, I understand. Well, yeah, that would be my thing. It's like if it's in profit, then you just – I'm not sure how – I can't necessarily understand why he's saying it's against the, what the book is, yeah. what we're talking about the book, because basically when you're trading, you buy low and sell high. Now, however long that takes is you take it. Mm. So that's, that's what's what we've got in the book. So if a stock makes 100%, well, then we keep holding it and holding it until it tells us not to sell it. Mm -hmm. And that could be two, three, four, five, six hundred percent or even more. And we've yeah. had you know, numerous students that do that all the time. And you may have done that numerous mm. times on different stocks. So I'm not sure what free carrying it once it hits 100% why that is a trigger. But really all we do is just 
is hold the stock until it tells us to sell it with our sell rule. So uh, I'm quite happy if you want to explain a little bit more about what you're talking about in, a, in a, another That's email a good back idea. to me. Mm. I'm quite happy to look at it because sometimes people give us these little terms that they've learnt off a video somewhere or somebody else has come up with, but it's it also we know it under a different name. Mm. And really, as I said, that's all I can say to you at the moment. I don't see it is breaking any rules. All right, next we have a question from Andrew. Thanks, Andrew. Hi, Dale and Janine. Great show, really enjoy the commentary and the research. I'm interested in your comments on ASX. Looks like it's at a major support level. Can you see any fundamental or technical reasons for the recent sell-off as the exchange stocks in the US have been bullish from COVID low? With ICE reversing only recently, but has had 12, good 12 months and NDAQ moving in a long-term bull run. So interesting question there on the ASX. Now, um, you know, we know that there's with, with the ASX, we know at times it will move up and down. Like, have a look when we, right back with the GFC, we can see that the ASX actually pulled back really strongly. Mm. And it had a bit of a warning prior to the pullback in here. It was only one month, and then it went back up and down. We've seen, not the same, but a similar sort of thing here, where it then pulled back and fell away. Now, does that mean it's going to keep falling down like it did with COVID? I don't think so. I think... That analysis that I was talking about that's in mm -hmm. our advanced course, and some of the students who are watching this will be thinking, yep, I can see how that's unfolding, will be telling us that, you know, this is due for a pullback and it's part of that overall um, pattern that it's forming. So we could very well soon see it find support at these mm -hmm. current levels and start moving up. But why is it pulling back when the other um, stocks in the similar area um, but it's a different, this is a completely different thing than the NASDAQ in the US, which is... Um, yeah, or, I'm not quite sure what he's talking about. I thought, like, why is this one pulling back when the other ones are going well, ahead? it's a different stock. The ASX... Well, they've had, they've had the tech sector helping to pump up that correct, side of the market. But you, you need to understand the stock. Mm. So just because it's the ASX, people assume if there's a lot more trading than the ASX, the stock yeah. is going to go up because they'll make more money out of a brokerage. But not what necessarily. Most, but it's not because the ASX doesn't make most of its money from brokerage. It's they mergers and acquisitions. There's and all sorts of other things that are yeah. going on for the ASX where they make their money. So don't assume mm. because the market's bullish or bearish or it crashes and there's lots of trading going on, the ASX is going to make money. Mm. Um, and it's just like any other stock is... The bigger players are buying it for the long term, so they would have already bought it or sold it before. Well, it looks like yeah. un and overwhelmingly they're selling, selling. It at the moment mm. for for whatever reason they're actually selling it because, and to some degree, we don't really need to understand why it's going up. It's more that or down. It's just going down at the moment. Sit back and wait till it starts to go up. That's right. I agree. Okay, so now we have another question, or have a question from another Andrew. So. Wow, Andrew's everywhere, who says, Hi, Dale and Janine, love your show and commentary. Going back to around November last year, you mentioned AGL maybe a buy in the coming months. As of today, the stock still looks like a falling knife and was just wondering what your thoughts are on it at present. Uh, more to go down, getting close to bottoming or going into the abyss um, stock position. I do not hold it, but consider buying if it gets to around $9. So Again, he's, he's talking about catching the falling knife still mm. if it gets to around nine dollars he's looking to buy it but we did say it's falling and when stocks actually are in that fall we said that they can always go mm. lower okay and that's the real risk so do we think it's likely to find support soon yes the answer is at some stage yes we don't know exactly when the timing of that will be but we don't really care because it's about being ready and having the rules 
um, that we're watching, mm. waiting for those to trigger before we look to purchase. Whereas I think what he's talking about is it's coming down to a particular level, therefore I'd like to buy it at that price, which is what we do not subscribe to. Well, he's saying $9. So he's like, we don't set price targets like that, do we, like no. for support and resistance? Well, we do look We do yeah. look at those support and resistance levels mm. just to clarify what you're saying and where it may find support. But mm. a stock can always trade below those and go Correct. to the next one down. Yeah, that's what I meant. Mm. So we actually look at whatever the levels are that we think it might fall to, mm. but we never ever say, oh, we'll buy it when it gets to these sorts of points. To us, yeah. it's really about when it stops going down is when it stops going down. Mm -hmm. um, and so right now, it's it's to me is what's going to make this stop stop falling. Um, and whatever that is, is whatever that is, but eventually it'll stop falling and then we'll look at it to come into it. But right now, when it's falling so like it is, it's, it's, I think it's a 90% chance of continuing to fall until it doesn't. Yeah, and that's when true. it doesn't, that's when your rules come into it. So don't set $9 as I'll get into that. And you probably haven't done that. You probably just said, oh, I'd like it around $9, I'll try and jump into it. But you need to wait for confirmation, not speculation. And Janine constantly, and I constantly will tell you that, is wait for confirmation for the move to start. Not jump in just because it hits a price. And that's one of the things we always say to people. But right now, it looks like it's going down, doesn't it? It does. Now, we have our next question from Carlos. Thank you, Carlos. G'day, Janine and Dale. Thank you for your content that is uh, consistently excellent. I'd like your opinion and technical analysis on ANZ, please. I do not own the stock, but I've added it to my watch list as it seems to have broken a long-term downtrend on the weekly, and I'm waiting for the end of the month for a confirmation on the monthly. What percentage stop-loss, trailing stop-loss would you set on this particular stock? Not looking to buy as I would like to add more buy signals and sell signals to my skill set before taking the plunge. Regards, mm -hmm. kind regards, Carlos. Um, look, he's wanting to add more, um, you know, buy and sells to his skill set. Yeah. You know, before taking the plunge. Well, then learn. Mm. That's all I'd be saying to you. It's in my book. Like, okay. Or That's our a courses. small part of it. That's a really, really small part of it. And I think for looking at, we're not even looking at, we'll have a look at the stock in a minute, mm. um, but it, this is a big stock. So we'd be suggesting the same stop loss we're putting in our book. Mm. Um, I'm right that he's few, picked a big stop to look at. Which I think at. is fantastic. So we'd still be using 15%. But mm. buy and sell rules, we've never, ever, ever on this show in over two and how many years we've been doing, two and a bit years, we've never told anybody buy and sell rules, ever. And we're not going to because that's for the students who do our course. So you're not going to get them well, from us here. Well, I think you here, talk about the trend line in the book. We do, yeah, the trend line's in the book, but we're not going to go into a lot more detail because that's it's already in the book. And there's a lot more rules around us drawing trend lines, what we do for our students, make them more accurate. All right. Have you got all that off your chest now? Yeah. Okay, okay, you want to look at the stock, okay. I would I'll like to up. look at a chart now. All right, you look at Let's the chart Let's talk then. more look. All right, we can see the yeah. chart and we can look at the long-term picture there around... Uh, sort of $29, $32, there's a lot of resistance across there yep. historically. So it's quite possible that ANZ could go somewhat higher before it there peaks out, but it's had a brilliant run, you'd have to say, already Oops, from this low, and it's really quite strong. I'm really quite excited about ANZ now long term. Um, I'd really, when, well, what will really be exciting is when it gets above the pre-GFC high, the 2000, and right come all the way back to the left-hand side. Now, that's the... 2015 high. Oh, sorry, right. It doesn't have yet. Yeah, all it has to do is start heading towards that, and that's to me is really exciting. Oh. Once it starts getting through there, but it's got a way to go to get there. I like it. Um, right now, if you don't own it, 
um, this is to anybody or this is us personally, we wouldn't be buying it yeah. this week because it's just quite high um, on that trend at the moment. And as I said, could go another 10%, but after that, you know, we'd be watching it carefully after that. Yeah, I think in the short term, we might see a bit of a pullback on it. Mm. So, because it's run pretty hard right through the last few months, because this is a monthly chart, not a daily or weekly. So that's one, two, three, four, five months. That's brilliant, isn't it, to run so that it's beautiful, big, 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 big running. So it mm. will ease off. Um, but I do like it. I, I think it's looking really, really good right now. So I agree with you. I like the fact that you mentioned the stop loss, you know, mm. for anybody holding it, that's banks do need stop losses as, as the chart actually proves looking at that decline. Mm. How many years was that over? Five years? This one's over five years. And, and so many people are holding mm. bank stocks all the way through. All the big four had their high in April, March or April in 2015. Yep. Um, and they all fell heavily. And, you know, even ComBank, which is one of the better ones. Macquarie was the only one that's different. It's not one of the big four, but Macquarie did differently. Banks are lovely. You can trade them on mm. any time frame. That's the beautiful thing about it. They right. work well monthly, weekly, um, even really short-term mm. trading. But why would you bother trading them on, on a daily chart when you can get better results mm. on the weekly chart? We've proven that and challenged people to test that over time. Mm. Now, we hope that you're enjoying the show so far. We've got lots more to come. Before we get into tonight's topic, now's a perfect time to show your support for the team. And we would love to hear from you. So um, put tonight's show to, um, you know, everybody in the team who put tonight's show together. It's not just Dale and I. We've got to give them credit as well. So hit that subscribe button and remember also like the video to show your support. Remember, we said that anyone who sent in a video question during the month of February would go into a draw to win a signed copy of Dale's book, Accelerate Your Wealth. Well, this has now been finalised and, and the winner has been chosen. I'm happy to say it's Roger from last week's show. Good on you, Roger. I just love what Roger did, not to mention that he gave us a great question. So Roger, if you could contact the office and give the team your details, I'll stand over Dale with a mop until he signs the book for you. You'll stand over me with a mop, jeez. <laughs> just to match what Roger did. <laughs> You're trying to get me to clean up my act. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Now it's time that we get into the topic for tonight, which is when to sell stocks, three strategies that will make you more money. So it's a big question. When is the right time to sell stocks? Would it surprise you to know that the most common reason traders are consistent and suffer losses is their inability to know when to sell stocks? Unfortunately, the inexperienced either do not sell or they sell at the wrong time, which results in taking less profits or larger losses simply because they don't have proper rules. Now, in reality, the biggest temptation traders face is the need to sell stocks as soon as they're in profit, while their biggest regret is hanging on to stocks they are losing money on. But just because a stock has risen in value is not a good reason to sell, and just because it has fallen in price does not mean you should buy. That's because the number one rule in trading is to let your profits run, and cut your losses short. Some of you probably are already saying that in the background, yet so many do the exact opposite. So let's look at some of the best Australian stocks to own and Dale and I will explain the strategies you need to know when deciding to sell stocks in profit and when they're in loss. Some people have asked, is now a good time to sell or buy? So we'll share our view on that. A lot of people ask us, when is it a good time to buy or sell now? They, it's one question that we get asked all the time, isn't True. it? But, you know, look, you know, uh, Janine, you'd be surprised at the number of people who sell their stocks as soon as they materialise a profit. And this is how a lot of new entrants trade, and it has become 
more prevalent following the COVID market meltdown as we get a lot more retail investors into the marketplace. But this is really short-term thinking, mm. isn't it? Oh, it's dangerous too. It mm. is really short-term thinking. Now, yes, and often these same people want to trade differently and what they're actually doing or what they're doing sets them up to lose eventually because they focus on what they can make and not what they might lose as they wait for a profit to materialise. Now, it is a fatal mistake to assume that if they wait, every stock will move into profit. And I recall hearing from a number of people who had bought stocks and then realised they didn't know how to sell or when to sell to best protect their investment. Mm. Now, we also hear the words that you can't go broke taking a profit. But is this really true? Now, I have a spreadsheet that I actually want to share with you. Now, I had a lot of people... I don't know how many times over the years you have, have we had somebody that says you can't go pro-taking a profit. Mm. And I start laughing. I said, you can? Yes. And so what, they haven't actually, done these numbers that you've just done, done a simple example. Because mm. there's, there's three lots of figures in trading, isn't there? There's the profit loss ratio, the mm -hmm. win loss ratio, and your average time in a trade. They're the three things that people need to know. Yep. And, if you, and if somebody's out there and they deem themselves to be a trader and they don't know those three mm. things, then they're not a trader because that's all about your profitability. Yep. So let's go and have a look at the, the spreadsheet and I'll explain it to you. I'll put my glasses on so I can see. So I've just assumed $10,000 in capital here and we've just broken it up into five separate trades. So what the stock is or how long it is or et cetera is not really relevant and I've assumed. So why five? Because that's the bare minimum you should be doing on $10,000. So what you're saying is if someone has managed to save $10,000, um, like in your book, you talk about having yep. positions of 2,000 in each share, and once they get more money, they can buy a six share, seven share, eight, until they build it up between eight and 12. Correct. It's all about risk and everything, the money but, management. But the risk is higher, isn't it, at this stage? Yeah, yeah. it is mm. higher at that stage because the percentage of loss is bigger for your total portfolio, yeah. depending on where your stop losses is. So that's why some of the rules that we have for traders need to be broken on smaller accounts. It doesn't mean they need to be taking super high risk, though. Mm. But some of the money management rules we need to break a little bit or bend. As in, as an mm. individual, they might need individual. to do it while they're building up their portfolio. Yeah, and once you sort of get over $10,000, it's a lot easier mm. to, to fit in with the money rules we talk about in the book. Now, on the spreadsheet, I've, looking, I've basically had the five positions, and we assume... First two positions, you make 10% on, so you make $200 on your $2,000. Then the next three trades, we lose 15%, so we lose $300. So in this scenario, you're down and you've lost money. Right. So you've lost $500 on, on your account after those five trades, and you've had two wins and three losses. If I go to scenario two, now we've got three wins and two losses, and we've not made a cracker. Mm. So this is the 15% stop loss we talk about in their book. Now, some people say to us, well, I don't want to lose 15%, I want to lose 10%. But if you do that, quite often you'll have more losses mm -hmm. because you'll get stopped out of trades too early. Yep. Um, so that's where all of the analysis comes into it and determining what's right, right for the stock. Absolutely correct. But then there's, I'll put another scenario in, a third scenario where we've got four wins of 10%. So this is cutting your profits because we, oh, I don't know how mm. many times somebody says to me, I'm, I'm in profit, I'll get out when I make 10%. Mm. Uh, but they don't ever think of the other side of it when they lose. Mm -hmm. And that's where we talk about it's not how much you make on any one trade that matters, it's how much you don't lose. Yep. So they could have four trades then when they make 10%. And they have one trade of they lose 30% on, which is pretty common with people who don't use stop losses. Mm. And they've lost $600. So they've now made $200 profit. That's okay. it. Mm -hmm. But if I change that to a 50% loss, they've now lost $200. Yep. 
on their trade. So they've lost half of that position, which means their whole portfolio is down $200. Okay. And it's pretty common for finding people, and we see that every week, don't we, mm. on the show, people have lost 30 40 50% on stocks yep. that they probably shouldn't have been trading. So what impact would that have on scenario two and in the first scenario? So having a 50% loss here, mm. well, well, let's put it in. So minus 50 there. And if I look at that, so you've lost a thousand and you've made 600, 900, so you're down a hundred dollars here now. Where's your calculation? You... Oh, it didn't work, did it? Oh, I told you. I, the amount of times yeah, you I told you, I, I should have checked it for you. You should have. <laughs> you're the Can spreadsheet. I, are you going to swear now? Because I'll bring out the swear jar. <laughs> you're the spreadsheet. Actually, sorry, no, it's worse than that because you've made six hundred dollars and yep. you've lost three thirteen hundred dollars. So That's right. So you've got seven hundred. So you've got a $700 loss um, in, in that scenario. So, mm -hmm. And, you know, if you go for 15% here or you only make 5% here, whatever it is. But I, yep. I've actually had somebody... But what you're saying is it can have a massive impact on it, on the whole portfolio. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. So you can make money on getting 30% of your trades right if you've mm -hmm. got the right money management, but you can lose money even if you get 90% of your trades right. Because mm. And I've seen that. I've had somebody in a seminar with me and says, you know, I make, you know, I get nine, to, 9 out of 10 of my trades right. And I started asking them figures and I go, but you don't make money. So I wrote it all on the board with them telling me all their figures. I go, you don't make money. Were well, they making really small amounts, like 5%? Because they were, it was the nine trades that they're winning on, mm. they were making 10%, mm. but they were trading options. Right. And the one trade they lost, they were losing over 50% because in Australia, the spreads are like that on options that mm. you need to, you, you can't get out without losing 50% pretty quickly. Right. So by them doing the way we did with the figures, with them in the room, I go, well, you're not really making any money, are you? You're doing mm. a lot of work to make almost nothing and you're losing a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And they didn't realise that that was going on. Because they're thinking, well, I'm just, I'm just, oh, I'm making more money. I'm making nine out of ten. I'm doing really well. But mm. it's not just that. So, yep. what are the strategies to make sure people don't? Use Actually, more? this would be a really good exercise because mm -hmm. trading mentor's got a lot of exercises in it to get yeah. people to think through Having, things. Uh, getting started. I course. think that would be a really good exercise in trading mentor. Just thinking about the money management, yeah. something to add in. We're always improving our I've courses. More work I've got to do. I know, yeah, but we okay. do look at an improvement every year. There's an idea for you. <laughs> just done your homework <laughs> for you. Anyway, but as you mentioned earlier, peop earlier people do sell way too early and often do not sell at all or sell way too late. Now. Why is that? Now, to me, it's fear. And, and what I mean by that is people, you know, they sell too early, they sell too late, they buy too early. But it's really about the only analogy I can think of is that they're driving towards a cliff with a blindfold on so they don't know the cliff is there. So what they do is they slam their brakes on not knowing where they mm. are and where they are. And so to me, what we need to do is get into a few examples. And, and so to do that, so let's get into that. And then we can chat about some of the biggest reasons people sell at the wrong time. That'd be great. All right, now one of those reasons we know is because mm. they don't have any rules. That's one mm. of the big ones, isn't it? So they're actually just hoping that the price will rise into a profit and then they can just jump out. Can I profit. also add to people, there are a lot of people out there that have a cognitive bias who believe they have rules, but they don't. Really? Yeah, oh, shit, yeah. Um. <laughs> Where's that jar, please? <laughs> The sweater. Ching, ching. I was waiting for you. I thought I'd put it in, but they do. I don't know how many people send me rules that they, this is their buy rules, but they're not rules. They're mm. just wishes or a bit of verbal stuff that's not really any sort of rules. And they mm. don't, they're not cohesive. Rules to us are, are tried and tested stuff mm. that's written in black and white that they know work 
and they're, they're, they're very repeatable. Most people, it's quite wishy-washy, their rules and, yeah. and their process. That's so it'd be I mean. hard to test. It is really, really hard to test. Sometimes I have to go back to people and ask them to clarify all the different bits and they mm. struggle. Okay. It's more more guessing, so they don't have rules for buying. And or, so the next one then, I mean, mm. that's a really important one. Mm. The, the next important one that's a favourite of ours is understanding direction. Ooh. So what's the analysis saying? Well, the same thing. It really is, is their analysis is what we're seeing and what we talked a bit it's about. It's really short-term stuff. It's short-term stuff. So they're not even looking at the monthly chart. They won't have done an analysis on the monthly chart to mm. work out where the stock's likely to go in the big picture sense in Correct. terms of the direction. Correct. Mm. And that's where you may have had so many people that are saying, you know, I'm not doing really well on my trading. And then we find out they're looking at daily charts. And then we mm. go, just do what we're teaching you to do, but now do it. Well, actually do what you were doing, but now do it on a monthly chart and have See, that in it, the picture. It, it may have worked during the COVID, COVID spring yeah, back. Correct. But what's going to happen to them after that? They'll lose it all. Mm. That's what happens with generally with people that don't have solid skills is they'll make money for a period of time following the herd mm -hmm. because the herd is storming across the plains basically at the moment. Yeah. But then eventually the herd gets lost and everybody starts losing. So then the, all the herd lose and then we start the cycle again. Mm. And that's what we're starting to see right now with a whole lot of things, not just the stock market we're seeing with Bitcoin and other things. I know Bitcoin, mm. it will crash in the next one mm. to two years. It will crash. There's yep. no doubt in my mind it will. When, I'm not, I don't know, mm -hmm. but it will. And most people are out there saying it's never going to crash. It will because all freely traded things will crash mm -hmm. at some stage because it gets overheated and then they'll come back again. So knowing direction is critical. Yeah, and the other one is underneath mm. all that is mm. really that fear and, greed, fear and greed, isn't it? Yeah, it's mm. all that emotional things that people have, that fear and greed. FOMO is part mm. of fear and greed. It's fear of loss, fear of fear of getting it wrong, and fear of, um, what's the other Missing one? Out. Missing FOMO. out. Missing out. Yeah, mm. FOMO. So there's all three of them. All right. The solution is to use proper rules, which can be from the very simple up to the more complex, depending on how you want to trade. And you can match this to your style and how often you want to trade. Mm. Some people trade over multiple days, weeks or months, while others don't want to look at the charts regularly and maybe looking medium to longer term, and that's fine to do as well. Now, your rules will also depend on your portfolio strategy, of course, and the goals you set for your portfolio. So remember to do that as well. Set a strategy for your portfolio and goals. Now. In your book, yeah. you share one of the rules that we teach in our courses. However, just as a tradesman requires Shh. multiple tools, he's telling me, I haven't sworn to, during this segment. What are you saying? No, I'm just don't, don't tell them all the secrets. You're trying to shush me? No, keep going. <laughs> requires more than one tool to do a job. There are multiple tools to help people navigate their way safely in the stock market, aren't there? Yeah, well, the rules in the book are uh, number one, they are designed to keep people safe first and foremost. That's mm. it. Mm -hmm. um, because if we can stop people losing, they'll make far more money. So it's really yep. back to what you said earlier. It's mm. if the books, whether it's a trend line and a stop loss that they learn in my book, the, my whole goal of that is to stop people losing money If they, because I know that if that's all they did, they'd make more money. Mm. So that's really what it's about. So it's so true that a lot of people really don't know what they actually need and it's because they're following everybody else. Now, but what I want to do is take a look at the top 20 stock index to gain an understanding of how the biggest stocks on our market are travelling as a collective. So mm -hmm. let's bring up that right now. All right, before we do, just, okay. just look at the ASX 20 okay. index, You're in charge. which looks a little bit different, doesn't it, to yeah. our All Ordinaries index. Notice how we've mm. got... The, the GFC peak here, which is in yep. 2007. But see how this peak actually came right up 
that 2015 high because yeah. of the weight of the big financials yep. and pushed all the way to that high. And then again, we came up to that level in August 2019, went sideways, went through it with mm -hmm. just pre-COVID and then, of course, the crunch happened. But now we're back up again. So this is giving me more, um, you know, su supporting more my thinking of this longer-term picture of being bullish and, mm -hmm. and it continuing to go higher because a market will often go to a point but in numerous times and yes. then eventually it's going to push through it. Correct. So the fact that it's already tested that a number of times is a much stronger indication mm. of a continuation of the run. But in saying that, you're expecting a short-term pullback and that's, short term, yep. and that's your preferred scenario yeah. to see the market settle down and just relax with it a bit, pull back and then go higher. But as you've also said this week, it might not. It might not. So that's the thing. It's, so it's... either way, we don't really care. The preference mm. is for that short-term pullback and continuation. But if it goes straight through, we just know that the pullback that happens after that could be a bit more volatile. Okay. Question is, sell or yes. buy the top 20? Um, I think that there's a few, I think you've got to be selective. So mm -hmm. it's not about saying, okay, just because the, the market's saying it's going to go up, we're just going to go out and buy the top 20 shares on the market. Okay, we need to look at the individual stocks and look at individual rules for those individual shares. Correct. So mm -hmm. having a different rule possibly for Combank as you would for a Rio. Yeah, but not just that. The timing of when these stocks prepare to mm. present trades to us is going to be different. We're going to show you some examples in a minute. Well, but if you look at, though, say, the it? banks, the banks have been running strong. So would you buy those now? Probably not. But they were CREP for five years. They were. And would you buy other stocks in the sector, maybe mm. when maybe when the rules trigger, but not right now, because some of them are pulling back, mm. setting up for those future opportunities in the second half of the mm. year or potentially towards the end of the financial year. Correct. So that's what we're watching at the moment. Um, so it's really on a case-by-case -case basis. Now, what I want to show you is, yeah. now you'll be pleased to know that I'm not going to ask you live to adjust the size of the text there, like Why I did not? last week. Because <laughs> you would have had to get a magnifying glass out to see what I had there on the screen. But you can see there that we've got the, the top 20 and we've got the leaders board, which I'll just put the leaders at the top. So Westpac has actually outperformed all the banks are bank, doing bank, really minor, well. Minor, um, yeah, so it's it's heavy weight to the banks. Now, Macquarie, which generally you would expect to outperform yes, the big four, is actually lagging the big four because it's obviously was much more bullish uh, last mm -hmm. year than what the other banks were. So, But Westpac's done incredibly well. ANZ, um, NAB's following behind. Now, CBA's the laggard. Historically, CBA mm -hmm. used to be the breadwinner of the banks, and it's yeah. actually do, falling way behind. And that was our least preferred bank um, of all the banks in the in the financial sector this time. So we really had a preference for the ones that are actually leading, which has been great to see. So, but looking at that, you know, you could pick a number of stocks mm -hmm. out of there, and some are rising strongly, some are falling away. And like we've said on yep. some of our reports in Talking Wealth, and you've said in your market report, you can often look for the bottom end of the board and say, okay, there's going to be some opportunities. Well, yeah, in what that goes down the board. comes up, and what goes up. Comes Eventually, down. it just depends on how long it's going to rise. Mm -hmm. You know, in the next couple of months, and that you can gauge from the analysis. So, what are the considerations for selling then? What should people be looking at? Okay, so it's not just about getting to a profit level and getting out. That's definitely not it. So mm. it's about looking at the individual stock and deciding whether the rules have triggered to exit or not. So it's having a trading plan, yep. documenting that trading plan, and actually having tested your rules. So knowing that, um, you know, does a trend line work well on Westpac, say, over the history of the share, or is it something else that works well, a combination of rules, 
um, could work well, which is you really need to go through that exercise and training of someone actually having showed you how to do it in the process so that you're really confident when it comes to being in the market and being yeah. able to make the decisions on buying and selling. That's the bottom yeah. line. But as you've said before, anyone can buy a stock and people are quite comfortable doing that. They are. But it's about being able to sell and that's where the gold is in what we teach. And well, before you bought a stock, mm. it's a different psychology because your is. money's not on the marketplace. So you've still got your money in your bank account. Yeah. So you look in this going, oh, I hope I'm going to make money out of this. And people hit the button and buy and pray and I hope I'm going to make money. They've probably put some effort into looking at the research or whatever that is, but they may, a lot of times they haven't put a lot of effort into making sure they've got the right rules, the right structure, whatever everything else. But when the money's on the market, then the emotions come in, and that's when the fear of losing the wrong decisions and all that is happening in their mind. But it's about when to sell. It's one of the tips to sell is when the trend is telling you that it's starting to go down. Let's take an example. Okay, yeah. so I've got Afterpay, which has really been a hot stock that a yep. lot of people talk about and want to yep. know about. Now, we've seen, what, one, mm -hmm. two, three, we've seen numerous months up on this, gotcha. right, which is unprecedented potentially um, except for the first period where it launched on the market. Mm. But looking at this, we've actually seen last week's bar break that overall angle of the trend slightly. Um, it's just different, isn't it? Like the yeah. degree of that fall has not been seen all the way up the rise. Mm. So, you know, if we if we put a trend line on the chart there, we can see that that's one possible rule that could be used. I'm not saying this is the best rule for the stock because you'd, um, you'd need to test that to actually know that this is the best rule for the stock. But at the moment, um, you can see there that it's actually just, it's, it's already um, below that line or just below that line at the moment. Mm. Now, whether it actually manages to find support on it and start moving up or not, that will be, um, you know, the next couple of weeks will show that. But it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I look, I agree with mm. you because a lot of times when you're looking at something like this, is you know, it's about confirmation that the trend is changing on the stock and the probability of it going up is lessened and the probability mm. of it going down is high. So the, the seesaws move. Now, on the chart, if we look at Fortescue... But you wouldn't be buying, though, because we're talking no, about buying, buying and selling. It. Yeah. You know, it's, it's potentially coming into a sell, so mm. it's like watch closely because there's a potential sell. Correct. But it's not about buying when it comes but down. But some people would just sell because they've seen mm. this big move down on this stock last week. And if we look at that, if you don't mind me having a couple of seconds in doing this, you can see from the week before it You're fell You're going to do it anyway, though, aren't you? Yeah, I am anyway. So some people were just automatically <laughs> selling there thinking it's fallen 20% because yeah. why they're selling is because they don't know how far it's going to fall. And then mm. that's that whole panic, I'm getting out of this. But how often do we see a stock that falls away, finds some support, moves back up again, and they've sold and have to buy back in again and everything else? But even if it does mm. move up, sometimes we get rules. That's why we have different rules yeah. in the course. It may actually allow you to get yeah. out at a better price once okay. it does have that little rebound, a different rule added in there. Correct. So this is the first of three stocks we're going to show people? Yeah, this is the first one. Okay, so let's get on to the second I one. I didn't now. say three, did I? You said two, four, three. I don't know. You can't count. I know you're a personal trainer. You can't count. You know that I, I always know like to give them more. personal trainers are the only people I know. They can't count and they lie all the time. I like to give them more. Okay. It's not I don't about say you lie counting. all the time, but you're a personal trainer. I just put count. extra ones in there to stir you up. So how many are we doing? Okay. Five. We've got Transurban okay. Group there. Now, we know that this is actually... So what I wanted to talk about here is yeah. a thought about when to sell, 
Okay. So what this stock has done is it's broken this support here, yep. strong support. Now, there would be multiple rules there. There could be trend lines. There could be other rules in the course that we teach people as to why to get out of this share. But it's not just that. It's the fact that it's broken that support. Yep. Now, it could go further down, but it might find support here and start to move back up. And then yep. we could be looking, you know, this is this would have been on a sell list for people who owned it. And then it could turn back into a buy list at some stage when the mm. risk is lower when the risk to hold it. Yeah. Mm. So that's an example of um, Transurban, another big top 20 stock. And then we've got Westpac, which is one of the big four. So we talked about ANZ tonight. Westpac's very similar. Another great um, chart there if we look at the long-term picture. Mm. But it's got miles to go to get to this pre-GFC high. This looks more upside than what ANZ does. It does, yeah. So this is one that we... We quite like, but you know, again, it's in a trend. It's strongly up. There's no rule to buy it right now. It's up, um, so you'd be more looking at well if it starts to come back a bit at some point. We need to make sure that you know we've got the rules on there. We'd be having a look mm. at the trend line. Um, do you want me to draw that trend line yeah, up underneath? Yeah, please do. Please now this do. doesn't just because I'm drawing a trend line on it again. It doesn't mean that this is the best rule for the stock. But look how that um, stock just tracks to the line. Mm. Now it's accelerated away. So at some point, it's either going to burst up higher and that would be fitting with what the market would do. So if if the banks push higher, Mm. we're going to see the market push higher potentially Mm. and then we're going to see the pullback happen after that rather Mm. than the pullback first. Either way, it doesn't really matter, does it? No, it doesn't really matter to us because it really is, and this is why, I don't know how many times people say to me, you know, well, you know, you say this or that, but that's what we have to do because if this goes up and we're in it, well, that's we what risk management is about. That's what it's completely You've about. actually got to be thinking about the upside, but also looking at the downside and how it mm. unfolds. I mean, how many times have you spoken to someone that says when they're first starting to learn, oh, the stock's actually gapped up to what, do I still buy my rules? Say buy. Mm. And, you know, they need to really think through that. And when you've got your training wheels on first, yep. you know, you, it's like you can think in two dimensions, but that mm. third dimension comes with getting the experience and building the skills as you're doing that. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, you know, yeah. if this stock were to, to blow off, as we call it, and trade significantly higher over the coming weeks, then people will be looking at that and some people will be wanting to sell, mm. but they might be selling too soon Yep, because, because it they, could run higher. Yeah, because they're worried about losing profit. Now, to me, people who are worried about losing their profit Mm. really don't know how long the road is and they're yeah. not looking at how far where how far the trend and the momentum of that trend on the stock can run yeah. either up or down and they don't understand that and that's why they make these guesses and say well I'll you know, I'll get out a 10% or 15% profit because they don't know where the cliff is. Yeah, but it's also one trade mm. in many trades. And it is only one trade, mm. but having some rules like these trend lines, like other rules that we teach people, allow people to stay in the trade till they run out of steam yep. and then give them confirmation that the trend is changing. So number one priority in my view is direction first and yes. then knowing the momentum on that direction, how strong is it going to be mm. and where is it going to run out of that steam before it turns, both up and down. Now, we're being mm. told to, that we've got to get moving on, but the next one, the last one that mm. I've added in there, thrown in there, an additional one for everybody watching, is Newcrest Mining, because everybody was into gold some oh, months yeah. ago. Now, gold got sold off, um, and it may still come back mm. further, but we're just looking at what Newcrest is doing. 
extremely volatile. And we did a show on gold and we compared the gold stocks to the gold index. We did. And how different some stocks perform for various reasons to the gold index. So this is one of them. It can be highly volatile. If you're doing our course, this is one of the stocks that I say to people, I dare you, I challenge you <laughs> to find a good set of rules on this one because it is a challenge. And, you know, it's at the moment, you could probably get a trend line down there yep. um, along that um, decline and it may turn around at some point in the near future. But look at where it's come back to. It's come all the way back to where it was trading in 2019. Wow. Pretty good. So, you know, there's a potential. Question. Mm -hmm. What's more important to know? When to, where to buy, where to sell? Where to sell. Okay. So mm. what do people mostly do? They look at where to buy. Yeah. That mm. does tell you. But anyway, so you've actually heard our views on the biggest stocks on the market and a few individual companies we selected to demonstrate the importance of managing the stocks. Now, when the market pulls back, it's not always the case that all stocks will fall together, which is why it's important to focus on your strategy for each stock and let your rules determine your decision making. Each week, Dale releases his view on the market. And remember, this is a week-by-week -week assessment of the market and is therefore a short-term prognosis that can change quickly. However, be mindful that our longer-term forecast for the overall market rarely changes. Now, before we finish up on, to, on our topic tonight, I really did want to go through and distill our three strategies into simple words as these are really important points. And they are number one, never make a buy or sell decision based on what you think the market is doing. Only ever make that decision if your analysis on the stock is confirming the buy or sell. The second one is always have a solid or have always have solid proven rules for both buying and selling. Now, the rules outlined in my book are perfect or a perfect place for you to start. Now, number three or the strategy number three is above all, always use a stop loss, both initial and a trailing stop loss, as this will give you the comfort that not only you are protecting your capital, but you're also protecting your profit. Now, I know a lot of people don't protect profits, do they? They don't. And I think that we've come to the end of our topic tonight. Um, thank you very much for that sum up, Dale. That was really good. No, my pleasure. Okay. And I just learnt how we, we could share those main points with the viewers. So I hope they like that. If you like the way that we shared those points with you, just let us know. If you'd like us to cover something else, please let us know. Next week is an example of just that, as you asked. And so next week, we'll be covering the financial sector and looking at the best stocks in that sector. So there are so many interesting stocks in this sector and the performance of this sector impacts most Australians through superannuation. Australians have a long-held love affair with bank stocks, with many having purchased a bank as their first stock and indeed the majority continue to hold bank shares year in, year out. Mm. So in the manner that only Dale and I can do, we'll be taking a special look at the banks to give you our open and honest opinion on how they are likely to fare this year. Now let's get into some more emails, shall we? But before we do, remember to hit that subscribe button now and whilst you're there, give us a big thumbs up and click the like button. I always give you a big thumbs up. Oh, thank okay. you. You're so kind. <laughs> now we have a question from Julia who says, Hi, Dale and Janine. I'm looking at buying Rio as it is at an all-time high and has great fundamentals. Now thinking I may have missed part of the run though and maybe I should wait for a pullback would be great to hear your thoughts Julia so let's go and have a look well, at Rio look, I mean Rio has gone to, she's your absolutely stock, right isn't it? next to BHP yeah it's she's absolutely right it has gone through the all-time high and therefore may continue to do so because it's trading in blue sky yep. but when a stock goes to an all-time high sometimes it can have a pullback when it does that which we have seen 
Rio pull back around these levels uh, more recently, yeah. and it did take off again. But look, stocks go up and down. I don't think so. Um, you just have to be prepared to set a stop loss and know where she's going to exit. That's yep. the only thing. Okay. I think that Rio's got, you know, if you're in it for medium to long term, I think Rio's likely to have, you know, a really good future. So it's been on her plan for that mm. anyway. So that's a good summary of what's going to happen with Rio. Now we have a really great question from Catherine who says, Hello, Dale and Janine. I'm currently a student and totally obsessed with your course. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you for such an interesting course and fantastic support. Um, I have been watching Coca-Cola Amatol with interest for several months now. Back in October, price gapped up 13% on the weekly chart, and I believe this was due to CCEP's initial offer being made public. Now, price has steadily been trading up and is now trading higher than in February 2020. What I find interesting is that for the past two weeks, there's been no movement in price. Now, I don't own the stock, and my analysis suggests price may find resistance at the current level and pull back. Would love your thoughts on CCL's behavior over the past couple of weeks. Thank you. What a well thought out question. Really well thought out. Now, did you want to talk about CCL or do no, you want to take you it away? Do it. No, you, you don't know the answer, do you? No, I don't know the offer Sorry from that, but right now. Okay. So there's right. an offer on the table, yeah? Yeah, okay. So the European company that um, produced... Um, yep, CCEP. Yeah, so Coca-Cola have um, companies that actually produce the Yeah, on the, the drinks, license. On the, the license, yep. under license. So Coca-Cola Amatol and there's CCEP, which is a European arm in Europe, yep. right? So what happens is the European arm made an offer yep. for Coca-Cola Amatol at 12.75. Now, this amazing um, CEO, she mm. she's done an incredible job and she's she held out, or her and the board held out for more. For CCL? For, for Coca-Cola. Yep. So the offer came in at 12.75 and they've actually given an extra 75 cents on that offer. Very good. Um, and I believe the board have supported that. So that's, so that's why- That was the gap. Yeah, so if you look at the chart, the initial gap, as she rightly said, was that so, initial offer. So, oops, and then sorry, this was the offer? Because the board came out and said it was not enough, what's happening is speculators are mm -hmm. assuming that there's gonna be more and they're gonna come back with a counter offer. Yep. So they're sitting in there, so watching the share drive up. And then what happens with the final offer? Once the board um, confirms it and selects and says, yep, we're, we're happy with that, then the, the share price will just flatline. Will flatline. And because there's no, nothing more to be made. And sometimes the share price can drop. Cool, yeah. You know? So we go through a fairly extensive process when, when a company that we've purchased in somebody's portfolio gets taken over. Yep. There's a fairly extensive process of assessment that we use to determine whether we're going to stay in that share and wait for the board to make the decision or whether we want to get out. Yeah. And look, in this case, we would have, if we were holding Coca-Cola, we would have stayed there and waited for that. Waited for that anyway. Final but, amount but to come But would you in. be hanging on now? No matter, she's not in it. She's not in it. Look, so if we, we were holding this for our clients, we wouldn't be hanging in there. We'd be selling. Now, even if they offered a dividend as a sweetener to hold it, We'd we still sell. We still sell. Yeah, yeah. because that's not enough to just sit there for the downside risk all that time because it's a time value of money as well because yeah. we could be putting that money into something else. Well, it's a similar, uh, similar vein to Vocus, isn't it, mm. with their offer on the board as well because this hasn't gone anywhere since the offer for that one yeah. a couple of weeks ago. So same sort of thing. That's why it's trading mm -hmm. sideways. So all I right. think that's it for Coca-Cola. Next, we have a question from Jarvid. Hi, Dale and Janine. First First of all, I would like to thank you guys for doing such a great education show on every week. Thank you very much for that, Javid. I got your book, Accelerate Your Wealth, Dale, um, and completed once and planning to read it again. And no doubt it's a great book to read. Can you please have a look um, on a stock, HLS, Helios Limited, as I'm planning to buy this stock from short to medium term. Apparently it's trending up nicely, but just looking for your thoughts on it with upside potential and associated risk. Many thanks. Regards, Javid. Now he's needing us mm. to give 
our view yeah. on this share. Yeah. Um, so have you got any comments on that, first of all? It looks like it's going up. It looks all right, actually. I mean, not on the share, but there's the fact that he's asking that question. Why? I don't know. Normally he's a, you do isn't have he allowed some to ask wise, he's, he's a wise nice man guy. comments. Okay. okay. He's, a, he's also good looking. He's a nice guy. Fantastic. Does that is that influence your decision? I'm not going it? to tell him the buy and sell signal, so I'm not going to tell him that. Is that what you want me to say? No, but, look, no. I mean, look, the fact it is it's good. trending up nicely it at It is the trending moment. up nicely, but he's, he's not sure that it's trending up nicely at the moment. I think he'd so be pretty happy with the fact that it's gone through this high for a start. Mm. The fact mm. that it's broken that August 2016 high is wonderful. Well, he hasn't it, bought it, has he? No, but it has stalled, right? Mm. So, you know, if you weren't in it, would you buy it? Would I buy it right now? No, I wouldn't buy it right now. I'd be sitting back. It's, it's pretty close, um, but I'd like to see a little bit more confirmation that's broken through sort of that 420 area. Okay. That's probably what I'd be looking at. All right. And look, I mean, it'd be a nice trend line too up and under that if someone yeah. was holding it for potential sell if it does fall away. So mm. look, I mean, it's mm. always nice to see stocks that trend so nicely like that. So good stock to keep an eye on. Yeah. Um, the next question we have. Oh, so the next question we have, it back to me, is from Cathy who says, Hi, Dale and Janine, would you mind please looking at Fortescue Metals? I do not own it, but I am interested. It gapped down yesterday. Would you have any idea why? Would it have to, anything to do with the dividend date? Okay. That's it. Normally they don't gap down before the dividend, is it? They gap down after. Did it pay a dividend? You're asking me. Well, you Didn't normally you check? You're, you're on the dividends side. You're watching this. Yes, stuff all I the did time. check. You know I did. I know you would have. All right. I okay. Didn't. So look, yes, it did go ex dividend first of March. Um, okay. One forty seven it okay. paid. So this is a good point for learning on. So on here. So let's go down to the daily chart. So that was um, Friday. So it opened up yesterday having paid a dividend. Yep. Yep. So if we put our little tool on here, we can see here that it gapped down seven over 7%, which is more than what the dividend would be, yeah? <laughs> much more. Uh, much more. <laughs> so why was that? So it paid the, it actually paid the dividend, yeah, yeah. yeah. So when it dropped down, um, that was yesterday, you're right. Yep. But in terms of why that happened, um, mm. I don't know, there could be something going on in terms of people shorting the stock and playing around with it. Yeah. There's always news coming out about um, FMG as well. And I think that stocks that have been running so mm -hmm. strongly like this, particularly mining stocks, are also op open um, to being highly shorted on mm. any news any that news. potentially is coming. Mm. Okay, gotcha. So as far as the bigger picture, though, for this stock, what are it we It looks of? like it's still going to keep falling based it on that. It looks like it's going to... It's, it's tipping over, isn't it? Because you can see it it's tipping over through here with that high being yes. there in January. It's looking down. If it broke below that, it looks like it's definitely falling away. Well, it's likely to come back below $20. Mm. And this is where you're going to get people mm. and coming back to our topic, mm. looking to try to pick it up on a falling knife. Correct, and they'd be thinking, oh, it's cheap now, I can pick it up and I'll, I'll get into it. But even if we just drew, basically, just did a basic... You just don't do the trend line, just trend the angle. Up under the just do chart. the angle of the trend and you can see it. Well, you can see there roughly, can you? So it's if it starts moving through here, you know it's going to keep falling, isn't it? Potentially. Mm. Mm. Okay, so okay. that's our thoughts on Rio for the moment. Even FMG. Oh, sorry, FM. We just did Rio. <laughs> someone's on the ball. Oh, I'm not on uh, That's why we're at team. I think it's past beer o'clock. Yeah. Now we have a question from Stephen. Hi, Dale and Janine. I've been watching since your first show. Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you so much. Man, isn't he? Uh, I'd like to know your thoughts on Oil Search. That's OSH. I took a trade on Oil Search in January 21 at 4.48, and I knew when I took the trade that I may have to wait a little. 
and was a little more higher risk. I was looking at the upside at $6 in the medium term, six to eight months. Um, however, it keeps hitting its head recently at around the 448 mark at my purchase price. So what do we see there at 448 purchase price? I'm going to type that in there so I know what it is for. I wonder why he bought there. Point. That's my um, question. Like, what? Well, it's, yeah, it's, it had pushed up quite strongly, but maybe mm. that was within some sort of rules that he's got. I'm not sure. I don't sure. know. It seems like a really strange place to sort of buy, doesn't it? Right in the middle of the gap and everything. I'm not sure. But, yeah. Because he does, he, does he actually say when he bought it? So oil search in January of 448. Mm. So he's bought it. Yep. It would be on that bar, so I'm not sure why mm. he picked that particular okay. bar. But since then, it's pulled back. Now, hopefully mm. he's got a stop loss in place. What would you be thinking if this stock started to fall below this bar of the 5th of February? I'd be exiting. It'd be a bit dangerous to stay in it at that point, yep. wouldn't it? Yep, All right, but if it goes above this line that you've drawn, then it should just continue to rise, but I'd that's a real question. Yeah. I'd probably be mm. buying. So right now it's not giving me any signals to say it's not necessarily a good stock. Yep. It's just saying he probably he bought it at the wrong time, and often people do that. They buy because of something, whatever reason, whether it's chat forum on mate or well, look, in whatever saying that he bought it at the wrong time, right? I mean, the stock is trending up, mm. so it's not completely yeah. the wrong time, is it? It just depends on what, well, what rules true. he had to buy. Correct. But also the other big thing, it depends yeah. on what he his analysis indicates as the upside of the share, whether it's well, that's true the too. right time, because. Mm. Even though we might think, okay, that, that will, probably is not a buy rule right there to purchase, mm -hmm. if he thinks and he's done analysis and the upside on that's 20 or 30%, yep. it'd still be okay, still provided be okay. the downside risk is, is reasonable. Because mm. I know, mm. we, I mean, prior to that, him buying there, there was at least two buy signals from our, yep. our, our even, even from people on our basic trading mentor course mm. would have been in that. Yes. At least two times prior to his entry at a lower, mm. lower prices. So it really does make a difference because at the moment he's a bit worried, and that's possibly because he maybe doesn't know whether it's going to go up or down. Yep. Um, and that direction, which is really why we say you need to know direction first. So, but I'm not really too worried about it. So that's our take on oil search, I think. Now, come closer and listen carefully. Oh, right. you put those words in the script, didn't you? As I've something important to say to you. For months, we have given you a special offer so that you can get your very own copy of Dale's first book for free and that all you needed to do is pay the shipping. Now, I know not everyone watching has done that, even though content of this book is extremely valuable. Basically, if you're watching the show, this book is for you. So just click the link in the description below and get your copy. Isn't that nice? Well done. Thank you. Let's get... <laughs> Let's get back into the email questions. And this is our last email from the night for the night from William. I promise you it's our last email from the night. He says, G'day, Dale and Janine. Would love your thoughts on NearMap. I think there may be a down trend line uh, you can draw on the weekly, but the stock looks quite weak at the moment. Thanks for your continued hard work, Will. Thanks, Will, for that. Now, this is one that you mm. like and you've watched over a long period of time. I have. I have. It's been sold off heavily last week, but yep. it's not the end of the game for NearMap at this stage. It just needs to get back above yep. around that 270, 280 mark. Up around here. And then it could be, you know, sailing, smooth sailing. But at the moment, it's a little bit concerning given the sell-off last week. So when mm. would you be looking to sell if you were in it? <sighs> Depends on where I bought it. You know, if I bought it recently, I'd probably... look. No, but let look, me just challenge yeah. you for a minute. Okay. If it goes below this bar, this blue bar... Yep. Are you in or out? I'm probably out. Okay. 
So because obviously this is a huge big consolidation area, so it would suggest to me if it's going below that, then there's probably more south. Okay. But I'm not disliking the shot. I actually quite like it. I think it looks all right at the moment. I just think last week could be a little bit of an anomaly. That's pretty much all it could be. But we'll know in the next week or two, won't we, if it stays within this move or is going to move either way. Mm. So, But I wouldn't be too worried about it, Will. Now, we really have had some great questions tonight. So thanks so much to all of you who have taken the time to write. When you ask questions, it opens up the opportunity for us to explore and then give you more of our thoughts and knowledge. And this helps everyone watching. So thank you so much. Sitting there watching, this, as you are right now, is only part of your journey. And you may have a question on your mind, right? Um, or there may be something holding you back. Maybe we can fix that for you. So take the time right now and share this with us by sending in an email. Now, we hope you've enjoyed tonight's show and may I give you a big thank you to the, all of those who participated. And as Janine said, watching the show is only part of your journey if you are really serious about understanding the stock market and how to consistently profit, then do something for yourself and call our office on 1300 858 272 or email us at infowealthwithin.com.au. I can guarantee you will speak to real traders who have been there where you are right now. They will understand your journey or they do understand your journey and are here to help you so that you make your journey easier and faster. Now, we are here to support you, so now is your turn to hit that subscribe button and show us support for us. Now, also, like the video so others just like you can benefit from what we do. If you've enjoyed this week's show, then put it into your calendar and join us here um, live on the Australian Stock Market Show every Tuesday at 7 to 8 p.m. If you'd like to have your question answered on the next show, if you've got a topic that you would like us to cover, in an, just email us at info at wealthwithin.com.au and type Wealth Within Live in the subject line. Remember, you must email before 3 p.m. on the day of the show. As always, thank you for joining us and we hope you have a great week. We look forward to you joining us again next week. But for now, goodbye, good luck and good trading. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.